Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and practitioner of the healing arts, living on the unceded, traditional territories of the Coast Salish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. On this show, we speak with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. No matter what we believe in, we can learn to lead from love and speak from the heart so we can usher in true peace and healing on this planet together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to A Voice for Love. This is Surya, and today I'm very excited to welcome my special guest, Rachel Kadera. Welcome! <laughs> I'm tripping over my words here. Hi! Hey, hello, hello! It's so nice to have you here. So can you please tell everyone a little bit about yourself for anyone who doesn't know you? Yes. So I am a vocal activation coach. I'm a coach for women. I love to work in the realms of embodiment, of really understanding yourself so that you can express your inner voice and your creativity with ease and with joy. Ooh, I love this. And so this is why I... Uh window here that's why I asked you to come on today because I just sort of I don't know I just stumbled it's, it's always interesting how I how people come to me sometimes people contact me but I came across your page and I was very drawn to the work that you do of course because this is all about you know being a voice for love so can you share a little bit about I mean I'm sure it's a big story but maybe the, <laughs> the contained version about like your journey with your voice and how you came to do this work yes absolutely so I have been singing pretty much since I came out of the womb. I love to sing. I love to use my voice. I started talking very early in my life. Um, but like a lot of us, I definitely feel like I lost my voice. I was raised in a way that was so beautiful. I was always inspired to stay connected to my inner voice, my spirituality. I was raised by a really cool witchy mom and dad who are, you know, they, they were new age before it was cool. And I was really inspired to stay connected, but I did lose touch with that. I fell into low self-esteem, giving away my power, really putting others above myself. And music was always a place that I felt I could come back to, that I felt was a safe haven for me to express, to explore. And when I was about 19, 20 years old, I started really working with my voice more in not a vocal singing kind of a way, but more in chanting for my spiritual growth. I was doing Kundalini yoga. I would look out at the ocean and just start singing in a language that I was making up, which I now understand to be light language. I was really starting to connect with these subtle powers of my voice and learn that it was a safe haven for me. And as I started to I feel like I've had like 10 spiritual awakenings in my life, but there was a really strong period around 2014, 2015, when I was going through a dark night of the soul and my voice was really the thing that kept me going, breathwork, chanting, voice. And um, I started working with my voice even more, writing songs, performing a lot. When I lived on Maui, that was a big awakening for me as well with the power of voice and merging it with consciousness. I started working with a few mentors and people who were helping me to learn that the voice is not just, you know, something to perform with, but something that we can actually use to connect consciousness to uh, help heal ourselves. 
that everything is vibration. And so I really started deepening my work with this. And then I found Tantra and the Tantra community and learned that the voice is a way that I can let go of emotion and call things in. And so it's really just been this unfolding of all of the powers that we hold right here in, in our, in our throats and that it's so connected, not just to this current, you know, form of our bodies and our lives, but past, present, future timeline healing and self-healing. And I found that sound healing is one of the things that helps me the most in this world. So whether it's my voice or the frequency of sound, the vibration of someone else's voice that I love, I just, I find so much healing through this and that it's connected to, to everything. Yeah, it really is connected to everything. Thank you for sharing that. And it's, um, yeah, I, I always say like our voice is a superpower, you know, and it's like this hidden superpower that so many people don't realize that they have even down to like the words that we speak and how we choose to express ourselves on a daily basis. You know, I think we've all had that experience of like, you know, somebody says something to us in a certain way. And it's just like, we never forget that they said that both for, for good and not, you know, and in the Bible, they say like life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right. And it's, and it's, it's so true. And I went through something similar as well, where I kind of shut down my voice for a long time and then found it again. And it's been this ongoing journey, but I'm curious because if you're involved in Tantra, this is something I've been wanting to get somebody to talk about for a long time but um you know is the connection like between the voice and the yoni for women especially because there's this like profound um connection so if you have anything to share about that that's something that I've been wanting to to talk about for a long time on here that's amazing well I'm totally your girl I could talk about this forever um so the voice and yoni pussy connection is so strong it's really, I mean, we'll start with the vagus nerve, right? So it's the longest nerve in our body and it runs from our base from up into our throat. And this is super connected to the nervous system, the central nervous system. And it, the voice can, I mean, if you look at like the vocal cords and the cervix and, and the, the yoni, it, they look the same. Like it literally almost looks like the exact same thing. And I mean, anecdotally, I've personally experienced and I've seen in my clients that when we are shut down in one, we are often shut down in, in another. So if you're not saying something, for example, in your life, or you're not expressing something, I've seen this happen with previous partners that were like, not good for me. And I wasn't able to speak that. I was feeling it. I was having the experience. My body shut down for me. And I felt my, my yoni completely close up. This is also goes the reverse. When you feel like you can relax, right? You can breathe in, you can, ah, you can feel like you can use the voice to start to um, relax the body, to move into that more of that open space, the yoni opens and you can experience more pleasure, more connectedness with your partners. If you feel comfortable or like you're in that kind of a space where you can share or that you can just simply ah it's the vibration of our voice that vibrates the vagus nerve which allows us to go into these states of relaxation or constriction right if we're not able to express then we block that energy and it's almost like the body goes into a protective mechanism for us where it's like you're 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 going to pay attention to me because i'm gonna i'm gonna shut down <laughs> Yeah, it, it's true. It's so it's it's so powerful. And you can feel it sometimes too. Like I feel that I get very um, 
even energetically blocked around here. And it's so funny, you know, they always say like, you teach what you have to work on because I feel like I'm in this constant thing. And I, I almost feel like it's never ending with the voice or, or that it is so deep and so ancestral. So it goes so deep for us that the healing and the clearing that has to happen is just like, it's almost more than what we can do in one lifetime. That's sort of what it feels like for me. Or maybe that's just because that's one of my things. And I feel like a lot of us who are, you know, maybe call ourselves light workers or healers, that that's a big wound that a lot of us carry is in the, is, is here in the throat. But what I was shown, like when I was making my course, the, cause I have the podcast as a voice for love and I have the course as well. But what I was told by spirit is that why it's so important for us to do voice work right now is because the voice sits above the heart, right? And so humanity has been in the one, two, three chakras for a long time. And we've been in the imbalance of those chakras, like the survival mode, the imbalanced sexual energy, the imbalanced power and control energy. We're trying to move into the heart. And a lot of us are living from the heart space now. Enough of us are living. And I think that is creating a really profound impact that's having a ripple effect on people everywhere. So a lot of us are living in the heart. And then what's sitting above the heart is of course the throat. And we can't really have our full expression of ourselves unless we have the other, it's like, you know, that that alignment of, of everything below us, right? So that's why, and, and then historically, because so many groups of people have been suppressed, have not had a voice, have not been allowed to speak. Like many of us were literally, you know, burned at the stake and, and like not allowed to speak. And we were silenced and all these types of things. So it's like such a deep wound that's there. And like, even now you can have, you know, most of us have some, some relationships with, with people in our life and we can't always get away from them. Sometimes like family members or people that we work with, or, you know, there's just sometimes people in life we can't get away from. And they are people who maybe don't listen to us. Us, or they shut us down or when we speak we feel like we're not heard so these lessons are always kind of playing ourselves you know around us and even things like lying and stuff like that you know how easy it is just to, to, to use the voice and say simple words that aren't true but those words are so misleading and can cause so much harm right so like there's so much going on here. So for me, it just, it just blows me away. Cause it feels like a lifetime of exploration here. Like it does for me personally, I'm like, it doesn't feel like anything. I'm going to reach a, a pinnacle of, and you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just going to keep unfolding. Right. I mean, I completely agree with that. And you made so many beautiful points there. I, I, I feel like the voice, the throat chakra, if we're looking at it from our energy center's perspective, the throat chakra is developing from the ages of seven to 12 years old. These are the times also when we're going through puberty, when we feel, I mean, growing up in the West, like that was the time when you're trying to express yourself and you're trying to be yourself and people are so mean and parents are shutting you down and your, your classmates are shutting you down and teachers are shutting you down and better to be seen and not heard, right? Like there's so many things and you get mocked mercilessly for saying or doing anything that isn't what the people in school are doing, right? Like it's this time when the throat chakra is developing that is so pivotal to our growth and also just like corresponds with our hormonal this is also where the our throat chakra is where the thyroid sits it's it's all these developments of our hormones which then if we are also looking on then like the physiological level of any imbalances that will come around at that time so it's like it's happening on a physical level but then it's also on a metaphysical level or on an energetic level the throat chakra it, as far as elementally it represents ether it represents the un you know, we, we can interact with it, but we can't really see it or touch it. And it's the first of these more etheric uh, chakras. We have, you know, the throat and then third eye and then our crown. And it it is like the the heart is the bridge between our lower chakras and our upper chakras. And 
the throat chakra is where we are expressing from that place. But if we are blocked in the heart or if we're blocked below, or if we're in imbalance, it's really freaking hard to express ourselves fully and clearly. And yeah, I agree. It's like a, it's lifetimes of work because not only are we, we're lucky enough to be two women who live in the West who have, you know, platforms and it, you know, we can, we can share and people seem to listen to a certain extent. There are so many women in this world that are not heard ever. There are so many human beings on this planet, you know, male, female, non-binary, whatever, that are completely unlistened to, that are looked at as less than also all of the creatures on this planet that do not have a voice. I mean, look at what's happening with the freaking orcas right now. Like there are so many beings that do not have voices that we happen to have these voices, but there's so much that's unexpressed and we feel it all collectively. We're all here. It's not like, it's not like, we, you know, we heal this thing within us and then it's healed. It's like this collective trauma of people being shut down, shut down, shut down for greed, for power, for control, for whatever it is. And yeah, like you said, often it's those who have who have that heart connection or who are saying something that's going against the grain that are the most at risk for being hurt or, or, or killed, like you said, burned or, you know, hanged for what they've said. I mean, how many people have like revolted against regimes and government and then been hanged for it literally. And that's the voice and it's all happening here. So yeah, we could do from, for our own lifetime, but then there's our family lines and then there's our DNA, our ancestral stuff, past lives, and then everything else is happening on this planet. It's like, it's not an easy job. I love that. you. Say, I always say that to people. I'm like, okay, there's so many things going on. I'm like, there's, there, there's your present life. There's what you're going through with your own, your own journey. Then there's your ancestor journey. There's your past lives. Like there, there's a lot going on. And, and, you know, just like some of the points that you just made there too, is like right now on this planet, like there's places like in Iran where people are literally being put to death because of, you know, speaking up for themselves and standing up for themselves. So it's not like this is this thing that's gone away and it's something in the past. It's something that's literally happening. And that's just one of the most widely publicized one is in Iran and you know there's places all over the globe where that happens where people don't you know people don't have a voice and so it's you know that that collective trauma is there for sure so it's a deep it's a it's a deep deep wound and even as children you know and it's funny I I was staying at my friend's house and I opened this book she had about parenting and and I was started reading it and I was like oh my gosh because it was saying and I do this all the time of course unconsciously I try not to but how many times when a kid says something oh I feel this oh I'm this you no, you're not. Oh, you're fine. No, it's like a form of gaslighting. It's like we dismiss them. I do it all the time. And a lot of it is just because it's like kids are so full on and, you know, they do, they make up stories and they say all kinds of things. And sometimes it's not true, but it's true. And we start to shut. And again, nobody means to, it's like, this is why we have to have forgiveness. And this is why a lot of us having a little bit more consciousness, having a little bit more awareness than perhaps our parents may have. Sounds like maybe your parents were a little bit more, um, enlightened but you know but still it's like even even spiritual people like even me I was like humbled and I was like oh my gosh I'm like I I am doing this to my child and I don't even mean to it's not what I mean to do but it it happens so I've you know tried to make an effort because like I have memories of that like being shut down over and over again as a child you know just having all these things to say and people don't want to hear you and people don't want to you know they don't want to hear it or like oh that's silly and then you get dismissed and then you learn how to how to shut it down and yet you know there's so much power Right. Or like you said, you learn how to use your voice to manipulate, to get your way, to say exactly what you know will say to get attention or whatever. But 
Vishuddha means truth, right? It's, 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 it's this space of, of truth and purification. And if we're not living in alignment with truth, with our voices, that has its own repercussions as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. It does. And a lot of people are, are living and then it becomes habitual too, right? You know, if people are in maybe relationships or it could be a work relationship, personal relationship where they're not allowed to speak. And then it just becomes a, you know, over time we become smaller and smaller. And then we feel like the voice, our voice doesn't matter anymore, which is, and, and, and it's hard because, and, and, and part of it, and I have a module in my course about this too, like part of it is about listening too, because we have to learn to listen to people sometimes when we don't want to, but if we want to have a voice, and if we want to, if we want the opportunity to speak, we also have to allow other people to speak too. And that sometimes means listening to things and, you know, that we maybe don't want to, but out of respect, we just learn to, you know, listen so we can at least let somebody have their expression and say, you know, maybe I don't agree with you, but I hear you, you know, and that that's very powerful as well because mm. it works both ways. <laughs> Everyone just wants to feel heard. Everyone wants to feel like they matter. Everyone wants to feel like whatever's going on in here isn't so solitary yeah it's that's a big that's a big thing because we that's sort of the way that the ego works right is the ego makes us feel like we're the only ones who go through this like I'm the only one and so this is one thing I know we were kind of going on a little bit about the coaching industry before we before we hit record but one of the positive things I feel although sometimes I feel like it's bs but you know this whole trend of being vulnerable um in in people and sharing people's posts and stuff I do feel like that has been a very positive addition because when you have enough people publicly opening opening up and sharing things about themselves and being vulnerable and sharing things that in the past we didn't talk about these things like and then things are evolving so rapidly if you think about it even like in our parents generation and before like they didn't talk about anything there were so many topics that were just like off off like off limits you do not talk about these things you do not and now we see like kind of anything goes almost too much almost it's almost too much you know everybody's like talking about everything but it's in in some ways it's very positive because it is it is there's this openness now where all of a sudden all these things that didn't used to get spoken about are being spoken about, you know, the me too movement comes to mind too. Like whatever people think about that, that opened up a whole plethora of like, I mean, even I was looking at the number of cases that have come out of the me too movement. It's just the the list went on and on and on. And this was just famous and well-known people, things that have come to light since then, because that movement gave women a voice, not just women. It gave people a voice to say like, Hey, this happened to me too. And I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it, or I'm going to speak to it because again, so many of these things have been hidden in the shadows for so long and they would just go, you know, and again, that's, that's part of the connection. I feel too. I was just going to yeah. say that. I was just going to say that I had never thought about it like that before, but that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Our creative sexual life force energy is one of the strongest forces on this planet. And so often it's been misused. It's been taken, it's been abused. And to have that, you know, like you said, whatever people might think about it, I think the Me Too movement is a great example of it because it was a raising of the collective voice as well to say, actually, no more things need to change. And this is what it's going to happen. And it, it's it, maybe it wasn't perfect. You know, movement generally is, is perfect. Nothing is perfect, but it's done is better than perfect. And I, and I do believe that the voices that are coming out and like you mentioned Iran before, you know, there was a, there, I forget what it is in Arabic. I, I had a beautiful, beautiful sister who just shared this with me, but it's, it used to be the voice of a woman is meant to be hidden and it's meant to be, to be hidden literally. And it rhymes in Arabic. And now it's been 
said that the voice of a woman is the revolution. And it's almost the same word. It's the, almost the same word in Arabic. It almost sounds the same. It rhymes, but mm-hmm. it's, it's now the voice of the revolution. And that to me is like, yes, like it's, it's, it, we're, we're changing these things globally, but it takes so much work and it takes everybody coming to it in their own way and, and supporting where we can. And, and, and speaking about these things that are taboo and that are challenging and that are maybe our grandparents or parents would have said, we do not talk about that in public, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, we're on podcasts talking about it and we're talking about it with whoever will listen because it's, it's important. It's important. And I think that this country, I mean, I know you're in Canada, I'm in the U S but specifically with the United States freedom of speech, like that is one of those fundamental things that makes us a free country and that we can't overlook the importance of that yeah absolutely and it's interesting yeah I mean about even even in I don't know it's even in Canada right now like our free speech is definitely being um threatened a lot like they've 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 actually just passed a few internet bills and stuff like that and things like you know if you speak about certain things you can I mean this has already been happening to certain types of professionals anyway like naturopaths and things like that if they talk about certain things they can have their licenses taken away and they just the Canadian government is really making a push for this it's almost like this communist style um, government here and it's like they've they've just passed they managed to pass a couple more laws through too and it really restricts freedom of speech on the internet and basically if they don't like what you're saying then they can pretty much shut you down. They can take away your expression. Like it's really, it's really wild. And it feels so, it feels so backwards. And to me, I've always thought of Canada as being, you know, like we're different from you guys. Like we're different from the States. We've always been a little bit more open. We've been kind of like the good guys. We've been kind of like, you know what I mean? Like we're Canada. Everybody likes Canada because we're just nice. And we say sorry all the time. And you know what I mean? And now it's like, we're being pushed into this and it's, it's happening also because Canadians are quite complacent. We don't have that same kind of like fire that you see in like, you know, France, it's like something happens in France. People take to the streets and they like, that's it. They, they go, they're out there and they're like, we're not like no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not, but that's in their blood. Right. It's like from the yeah. French revolution. They're like, we're not leaving until we get what we want. But Canada's not like this. We're just very like, okay. Okay. And I feel like Americans are a little bit, you guys are more fired up too. You're more like, no, we're not, we're not. Yeah. Good. But we're, we're more fired up with violence. It's yeah. a little bit different. It's a little yeah. bit different. That's true too. Yes. Yeah. Well, because America, I always think about this because the foundation of America is built on war and bloodshed. That is literally where the, the country comes from. It's like and the feeling of native war. lands. Exactly. So this is war and bloodshed. So the land of the, I've actually been guided before to do clearings on the land of America and stuff like that. And I know, I know there's other people that do this work full, like full time. They do grid clearing and land clearing and stuff. Cause there's just so much there, you know, but it's just, it's just our history as humanity. We've just, we've just been through so much and humans. And it's interesting because, you know, we can look around now and say, oh, there's all these terrible things happening and there, and there are, and there always have been, but I always try to keep the perspective too. Is like, number one, we know about everything that's happening now in the world because of the internet, which we didn't know before. Back in the day, all we would know about was what's going on in our, like, you know, our village, our city, our town, maybe the neighboring, but that's it. But now we know about everything. So it feels very overwhelming, you know? That's also, whatever, whatever, whoever was in power chose to share. Now there's a lot more of, you know, just camcorder footage of stuff happening from somebody's phone. And it's like, it might get taken off the internet in three days, but enough people see it and are talking about it. They're like, yeah, you can't really hide stuff anymore. 
Yeah. Well, and even the fact that everybody has a smartphone now that you can't, it's like anything that's going on, people are whipping it for better or for worse. I mean, sometimes people are so foolish. It's like people are whipping out their phones to get footage before they're even calling 911. Like some of the things are just like, it's just mind boggling, you know, but, but it is, it's a double-edged sword. It's a good thing in a way, because a lot of things that again, would have gone hidden and secret before they're, they're now right out in the open, because as soon as somebody's there to record it and document it, you can't, you can't take it away anymore, you know? so yeah it's a it's definitely an interesting time to be alive <laughs> sure it is. It sure is. well we you know we we chose this we're we're all here to be to be part of this I mean I don't know I I, I don't know I, I used to sort of think that we were going to have this big awakening in this life and now I'm not sure anymore I just think we're we just got to be here and do the work that we're doing and c- contribute whatever it is that we're meant to contribute and just be at peace with that right Right. I've, I've been loving this quote lately from Nikola Tesla, which is, if you want to understand the universe, think about it in terms of vibration and frequency. And that's really all we can do. All we have any kind of impact on is vibration and frequency. And it doesn't need to be this great big golden age where, you know, we're cleaning up the litter off the streets and building gardens. And I would love that. I would love that. But I think it's really about, okay, you have authority over your frequency and your vibration. That's about it. And the rest is kind of like get the popcorn and watch and see what happens. Because really like the dramas are going to play out as they're going to play out. But this is where it comes back to, to our voice, right? Where we can do this work to create harmony within ourselves, to create a, a, tranquil or peaceful environment within to really lead from the heart to express these things that are challenging to express but to do our best and like that is more than enough I I really do believe that that is more than enough and and if enough of us are committed to being in 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 a high frequency and connecting to whatever is an aligned vibration like that is going to have a ripple effect of change. Well, we don't need to know the how of that. Well, it already it already does. It's like the hundredth monkey syndrome or like the butterfly effect or whatever. Like yeah. it's already, I've, I've, I've been shown by spirit and told many times that we've already changed the trajectory of human history because so many people are doing the work now. So many people are doing this deep healing ancestral work. And because it's quantum, you know, like past, present, future is all one because so many of us have done this work that it's already changed. And what I've also been shown many times is that when we as a humanity hit the right frequency as a collective, the, the the solutions to the issues that we face now are going to show up as if by magic. But right now we are not, the majority of us are not in the right consciousness to be able to receive that and, or those technologies would be abused. And these are patterns that played out in ancient civilizations as well, like Atlantis and whatnot, you know, so there were, the, the, and again, some people don't, know about this or talk about this, but you know, most of, most of our listeners are, you know, people who are like us. So they understand this, but you know, there have been societies of human beings already that were more advanced than what we have now, but those societies fell because of the abuse of power, because when those technologies were introduced and when these, you know, things they were, you know, there was a lot of abuse of power. So those civilizations fell. So, you know, what I also know is that we just keep going on. Like humanity just goes on and on. Like one of my teachers, who's a a Tibetan Rinpoche, he once said that Guru Rinpoche said that the world wasn't going to end for like a hundred million something years. Like it was a big number, you know? And if you really look at 
even right now with the destruction of the earth, the earth is resilient. She can reject it. She can eject us at any time if she wants to, you know, human she has. Yeah. She has. I know. I'm sure you've seen ancient apocalypse. We don't have to talk yes. about that now, but she has. Yeah. And, and maybe it's a small percentage of human beings that carry on. But even if we look at it beyond like this incarnation or this form that we're taking, energy is neither created nor destroyed. So we're going to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, exactly. And this is the thing. If we just, this was what I kept saying during COVID. Cause I was like, you know, people during COVID and I, of course this was an intentionally manufactured and generated fear factory that was being spit out to everybody by the media. Right. But I remember having this discussion with friends and I was like, you know, if people weren't so afraid of death, there would be no issue here. If people like, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to get COVID and die, I'm, I'm going to get COVID and die. Like that's, that's my path. I was like, I don't feel that in any part of my being that that's my destiny. But if it is, then so be it. I accept, you know, like it's just, but people were so worked up and, and for what it's because of fear, right? It's the very fear for even our life. But if we have this awareness that we are souls having an experience, we've been here before, we'll probably be here again and life just keeps going. And if we can't go here, we'll go somewhere else. There's lots of other planets and galaxies and star systems that we can play out experiences. I mean, this is not everybody thinks this way, of course, but, and that's part of the problem is that so many people are locked into these like indoctrinated belief systems where they, it's like this either, or this absolute, this heaven or hell, you only get one chance. No, you don't. <laughs> we have lots of chances, people. <laughs> I like to look at it like, okay, but what if, you know, we don't know, right? We, we know, know we think we might know, but yeah. okay. But what if, well, if this is the only incarnation, like I had a pretty good run. And if not, then, okay, what if, what if there's more, what if like this form that I take as Rachel in this lifetime is one tiny fraction of an infinitude of forms that I could possibly take and so on for every single person that's incarnate. It's, it's less like, you know, I know for sure this thing, but more like, and what if? And also when it comes to like, to death, to that energy, we get in cars, we get in airplanes, we do tons of things that are dangerous all the time and don't have that same level of fear around it. So I, I do agree with you about the COVID thing with that, where it was like really help, helping humanity to face fear. And some fell even more into that darkness with it. And some haven't, some, you know, some, some are actually more at peace with life and death as it is which is beautiful. Yeah. A lot of people I had, there's a lot of things that changed for me during COVID. And one of them was I really put down the weight of the world because I feel like my whole mm -hmm. life, I was really carrying the, like, like, oh, I'm here to do something. I have to help the, you know what I mean? But it was very sort of egocentric. And when, when, when COVID happened and it was so profound, I think, because really that was the first time in all of history that the whole world stood together with everybody got shut down everywhere pretty much like maybe there was like a small percentage of people who didn't I mean I'm sure there's people that lived in places that had no access to anything that had you know had no idea but for the most part it was like the whole world stood still together and feeling that and then also and feeling the enormity of that I was just like I can't do anything for anyone except for myself and my own circle and my own life. And it begins with me. And exactly like you said, all I can do is just keep working on like refining my frequency, like coming into my heart, doing everything I can do in my experience, which then has a ripple effect around me. And that's all I can do. You know, it doesn't have to be this big, you know, this big thing, you know? Absolutely. No. And, and I know people who think like you and I, uh, um, and, and some who would, would listen to this conversation and think that we're completely nuts but who all went through a similar kind of a thing 
where mm-hmm. it's like, I stopped trying to convince people to think the way that I think. And I started to just do what I needed to do. And not from a selfish perspective, but from a, literally there were no other options perspective. And I never really thought about it like that before that that was how, you know, the world all stood together, you know, united on this thing. And how nice that actually was to feel like we were united in something, even if it was something as terrifying as a global pandemic. It's like, yeah, there it's, it's that frequency is something that I want more of. Like we're, we're, we're united as humanity. Hopefully we don't need to be united against something to be united, but it's nice to feel united. That's funny. I used to have an ex-boyfriend who said the only thing that's ever going to unite humanity is an alien invasion. (laughs) It's kind of true, right? Like, you know, all of a sudden we'll be like, hey, you know, maybe that will finally make us realize that we're all, you know, when they show up in the spaceships, we're like, hey, like, but yeah, it's a, it it was a wild time. I miss COVID sometimes. I miss the quietness of the streets and I miss like, you know, how quiet it was. And like, I could drive from like, I would go to my friend's house and we'd go for a walk in the forest with my son. And like, normally it could take up to an hour for me to get to that side of town, but I could get there in 20 minutes because there was nobody out. There was no traffic. Like there's this, all these beautiful places in nature. There was like nobody there, the birds and the nature. I feel like nature, nature was, was celebrating. So Ooh, they yeah. were happy. They were like, yay, the people went away. There were dolphins in the canals in Venice. You know, it's yeah. I, I, I saw that. Well, I think yeah, I think, you know, like what we were just talking about, and I'm happy to hear that other people came to that conclusion too, because really it's the most, it's the most highly intelligent thing for any creature or any person or being to do is to just do what they're doing without, without taking notice of what other people are doing. And if you look at nature, every, right. (laughs) Yeah. Stay in your lane, right? Like every creature in nature knows its purpose and does its job. Like that's what they do. Ants, you know what I mean? An ant isn't like walking to like whatever it's doing, whatever it's building a pile or whatever. Like it's not looking over here going like, what's the bee doing? Like what's the tiger doing? No, it's not. It's just doing its job. Right. Every, every creature is motivated by its own job or its needs or whatever, but yet human and I think part of it is because we can be manipulated we can be controlled and because the history of humanity is that we have been so so controlled in so many different ways and we've been influenced and so we haven't actually had the chance most of us and I think this is part of what the spiritual awakening is is when we do away with the program or the program breaks this is what kind of happens it's almost like there's a fracture or a crack that comes in the matrix and that's the opening and then the light comes in and then you have this awareness like for me it was like this oh my god because I grew up with this intuitive knowing I'm like something's going on down here on this planet I'm like I can't put my finger on it I'm like I don't know what it is but it's not right and then a big part of my awakening was learning all about the you know what people would call like the Illuminati and how they like messed with our DNA and all this kind of stuff and this made so much sense to me and you know the fact that probably humanity was a was born out of a hybrid of alien beings and chromag like all of these things and that it all started to make sense. It's like, okay, because I guess my soul probably remembered things from other lives, but I was raised in a very not religious, not spiritual, just very kind of straight up and down environment, you know? So none of this was there, but I always, I always took notice of the sweeping things under the rug. I always noticed we didn't talk about things. I always noticed that on the TV, especially the manipulation was even in commercials. I would yell at the TV and I was like, this is stupid. Like they're just manipulating people. Like as a kid, I would do this, you know, I felt all of that, you know? So then when I had my like awakening and I realized there was so much more to than what we were being told. And that made sense to me. And that felt right to me. And that just like blew me wide open. And it's just like continued ever since then. So 
I think we have to remember that there's still so many human beings who are still in that state where they don't, they don't acknowledge or understand, or even like see the existence of anything that's metaphysical, like beyond the physical, they're in the complete mundane reality where they're just doing what they've been told to do. They're doing what they think is the right thing to do. And, you know, that could be their path. It took me a long time to understand that too, because I think early right. on in the journey, we want, want to, to shake people. Yeah. <laughs> we want to tell everybody, like, look what I can do. Look, this helps me. It could help you. But that's not, again, we have to let people have their own experience, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and, also to have that humility of like, well, you know what you what feels true for you on a frequency and vibrational level. I know what feels true for me on a frequency and vibrational level. There is truth. There is what is true, but we do not get to decide what feels true for other people. Right. And so, and it's, I, I get into this conversation with my partner sometimes where he's like, there is no my truth. Like there is just truth. And it's like, yeah, it's my perspective or how I, how I experience the truth, but it's truth. And I think that it's like, you know, we can't, all we can do. Yeah. All we can really do is, is share, share what works for us, put out that little beacon and say, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to talk. I'm here to express. I'm here to, to, to share my little corner of this world. But if we are trying to dogmatically put our understanding of the world on someone else, we're no better than anyone else who's shown up for, for control. Right. So it's like really just being in that, in that integrity. And we were talking about this before we press record as well, like this integrity piece of honoring, honoring the vibration of truth and, and, and how you interact with that and not needing to, manipulate or force anyone else to fall into that same understanding of truth in order to feel like you're living a successful life. It's like, like you said, like, I'm going to be supported no matter what. And, and really just beginning to cultivate that sense of trust with yourself and the universe or whatever it is that you believe in and kind of letting like, like, Oh my God, like letting the rest go because it's exhausting and it's a lot of noise. And you know, I'm just, all this comes back to frequency. Like there is a high frequency of, of noise, of, of static, of like really confusing sounds in this world and simplifying, coming back to what is resonant for us and letting the rest go. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that conversation about truth is an interesting one. Cause I, I used to get really triggered when people said that. they're like, it's my truth. It's my truth. I always say, I always feel like there's like a truth with a small T and then there's like the truth with a capital T and the truth with the capital T is almost like beyond words. It's like, it's like the truth of God. It's the truth of this universe. But even then, like, even if like, let's say that God was to come and scoop up 20 of us right now, take us up to heaven, take us, give us every single secret of the universe, like everything we needed to know, and then equip us, all 20 of us with a mission back down on earth. Each one of the 20 of us would have a different way that we interpreted, expressed, and shared that truth just based on the fact that our vehicle in itself is different. You know, you're going to express something a certain way. And this is what's so, this is what's like so interesting, right? I always use the example of like a car, like, if you're standing in front of a car and one side of the car is painted red and the other side of the car is painted blue, the person on each side is going to swear up and down that the car is red or just blue. The truth is, is it's both, but neither of them can see that from their perspective, right? So they're both telling a truth, but the ultimate truth is something bigger than that, but they can't see it. And this is what all of us are doing is that we can only really 
interpret and understand based on our level of understanding where we're at. And sometimes that means not understanding at all. I have conversations with people sometimes that, and it's like, I've had to learn this again, because I was so eager to share so many things on my journey. And then I started to understand that there are simply some things that some people cannot understand where they're at in the moment. Now that doesn't make me better than them. It doesn't make higher or lower. It's just what it is. And so then there, there has to be a, a wisdom and awareness of how to communicate. And to me, this is also all part of the voice work as well. Able to, to see that, like, where is somebody at? What are they able to hear or not? You know? And then again, based on people's language barriers, cultural issues, like so many different things, because we're not all living the same experience here, you know, and this is the thing. And, 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 Again, this is luckily, this is something that people are starting to talk about more, like with racial issues and all these kinds of things. It's like, we're not all having the same experience here. You can't expect one type of person to have like their, and, and you can't, de- you can't devalue them either because that is their lived experience, right? Exactly, right. Something that feels incredibly safe to talk about for one kind of person feels yeah. incredibly dangerous to talk about for another. And it could be the exact same topic. And, and, the, and again, if you were to talk to that person and find out why it's dangerous for them, they would probably share a whole bunch of stories and a whole bunch of, and they would tell you, well, this is exactly why. And if they were to tell you, you would understand why that that's dangerous for them, but you don't understand. So this is why I feel like communication and learning how to communicate with different types of people is really one of the, it's a, it's a, like a healing modality in and of itself, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if we can all just learn even to approach each other with 1% more compassion and one, you know, especially like you see, I try so hard not to, but sometimes I get sucked into comment threads, right? And people will just say the meanest stuff to strangers that they've never met before because it feels like they're protected behind their screen. But forgetting that there is a person with a whole heart and a whole experience and mental health and all the things that it goes into being human on the other end of that screen, you know, really learning to communicate. And this goes back to what you were saying at the beginning from that heart space. And if we're constantly in survival, if we're feeling like we're being, you know, abused, however it is, or, or that, you know, we have power struggles within ourselves or we're seeing that externally, it's really hard to come from the heart. It's really hard to be a wounded person who feels safe to come from the heart, to express from the heart, but really turning that compassion in on ourselves and then granting that to others, I think is hopefully where we're beginning to go as, as a species of, of like, okay, I see that you have your perspective. I see that you, you've been through these things. I might not understand it, but I'm going to, I'm going to give that 1% or, or 10% more compassion just because you're a human being going through human things and it's really hard to be here. Absolutely. And well, and not only that, and this is where those of us who do have an open heart and who cultivate that energy, like the toroidal field, the field of the heart is so massive and so wide. If you have one person who's spinning their orbit, who has a big enough aura in the big heart, this happened to me the other day, somebody um, had a total meltdown about something and I didn't do anything. I just kind of, you know, I didn't respond. I didn't do anything. I just kind of step back, but I just started running some energy. And within about like 30 minutes, they completely gotten out of their episode. They apologize for their behavior, they whatever. And I know that that doesn't normally happen for them. And I know that part of that was just because of the way that I was able to respond, which was actually kind of not responding to the situation. But if I had chosen to get in there and match that energy, that would have never, it would have turned into a disaster, you know? So well, like, exactly, exactly. But I mean, I'm sure you've read some of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and, and 
that that book specifically becoming supernatural where he does all these studies on people who are meditating with the toroidal field meditating on their heart frequency and heart field coherence and then crime levels in the town that they're in go down like it's not forever but there are pockets of peace that come from these group meditations of the heart field and so if we're that powerful it's been said that the heart is the strongest magnetic field on the planet right like if if we're it just blows me away like if 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 we have that capacity like i don't know how are we doing anything else (laughs) but it's fine we're all having our human experience well we're doing other things because most people who are still in the matrix who are programmed don't understand any of this and that's the way that the system and the program has been designed right it's been designed to dump people down it starts from the minute that we start school and the minute that we start learning and people have been taught we get taught to follow instructions we get praised when we do good we get punished when we do bad and it's it's like a domestication almost of a like an animal but it's a human being so and most people will just this is what they'll do their entire life and they'll do what they think is the right thing and they just unless they have some type of an awakening. And what I've seen, because I've just been, you know, for me, I've been in this for so long, it's been fascinating to me to see who awakens, when they awaken, how they awaken, people that used to like make fun of me for like this and all these weird things you do, all of a sudden they're calling me like, hey, can you teach me how to manifest? Like, hey, can you teach me about, you know? And it's so it's been fascinating to me to see. And some people that I never expected in a million years have had awakenings. Other people who I thought were like on the verge of it are still where they're at. So it's like, I really feel like it's, um, and it's, it's, it's destined. And I've seen this over and over again. And I find it fascinating. Some people I know that are very, very awake now spent 30, 40 years of their life being not. And then all of a sudden it just hit them like a ton of bricks and their entire life changed. But then what I always see is because the, the perfection of the divine is like that person gathered whatever skills, tools they needed in the initial phases of their life. Like sometimes people were in the corporate world or they got work skills that then served them in their, like in their spiritual business or in their spiritual journey or whatever. So it's all perfect. Like we all have our, you know, I've seen people like pop overnight who went from being completely not like nothing. All of a sudden they're like full-blown psychic, full-blown, like it's fascinating for me. It was a little bit more gradual. I had an initial like huge, like, whoa, but then a lot of the gifts developed gradually, which I'm grateful for because I've seen people completely spin out because they, you know, they, you're losing your mind. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden they go from like, you know, they're having this completely different experience of reality or what they thought reality was. And it could be very jarring. And, you know, so again, this is, this is an important space for, and why there really can't be enough of us out there who are, who are holding space in integrity because people are awakening so quickly. And I don't know, a lot of people I know got the message over the last years, a lot of healers, they were like, enjoy your downtime now because you're going to be so busy in the future that, you know, and I think, I think we're almost headed there because we're, I, I mean, I think it's there, but I think people want this, you know, because so many people are just, when they get a taste of that spirit, when they get a taste of, you know, their own soul or their own medicine, you know, their own frequency, it's like, oh, like I want to be in that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do. One of my favorite things to do with, with women, with groups of women is, and men as well, but I mostly work with groups of women, um, is like free singing where you, you know, I'll play, I'll play the crystal bowls and we'll just go into harmonics. We'll just kind of see where our voices want to take us. And so often the response that comes is, I didn't even know, I don't, who is singing through me? I didn't even know that I could sound like that. And it's these, it's these moments of, touching something beyond our conditioning, touching something beyond, you know, singing from the way that we've been taught to sing in the West. It's, 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 it's so beautiful. And I, I love that just as the example of like, that's kind of what's happening energetically as well. Like 
oh, I'm touching into something that feels true, that feels, but I don't understand it logically. Like, how did I just make that sound? I usually sing XYZ type of music and I'm singing like this now, like what is happening? And it's a beautiful like microcosm to the macrocosm of I think what's kind of happening globally right now, which is, yeah, so many people are awakening. And I know that word can be triggering for some because it's like, well, I'm not asleep, you know? To- yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that but- term has been hijacked too, unfortunately. I feel like the great awakening and all that, I feel like that's all been hijacked, which is really unfortunate because now it can be associated with all kinds of things that really have nothing to do with any, you know what I mean? Like political oh. things and stuff like that. It's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like certain groups that have gotten a lot of flack. Yeah. (laughs) We'll say it without saying it. Yeah. Uh, But, but that, but that exactly that for so many people on this planet, like things are starting to make a different kind of sense. There is this feeling of, oh my goodness, like maybe I'm not who I thought I was. Maybe I'm actually something way different than I thought I was or way bigger or way grander or way like, you know, not from a grandiose standpoint, but like our souls are massive and infinite. And once you touch a little bit of that, this human incarnation starts to feel very different and it can be really scary. I've had people come to me, Rachel, I'm I'm actually scared, like going through a Kundalini awakening or going through this kind of a thing. And it's like, what is this energy that's happening? I mean, I have Kriya moving through my body all the time and it's something that I've just gotten used to, but it's only been the last like six years that my body literally will, will shake and pulse and vibrate with life force energy moving through me, especially when I turn my Reiki on or when I'm in a, a beautiful space with, you know, a, like a sensual love situation or whatever. Right. And, and, and when that starts happening and it feels like it's happening outside of your control, like we're not used to operating our bodies and having our bodies shaking without our consent, essentially, it can be really scary. But I think like, part of our, our job here and to be resources for people is to kind of debunk and to to take away the fear, like help people face the fear that comes from that, because it's an important, uh, initiation into more this experience of just experiencing more of what this dimension, this earth, this incarnation has to offer. That's, I love that you put it that way because that's exactly what it is. It's like, there's so much more. And that's sort of, that's sort of what the awakening is. It's like, cause we, and we, when we break out of the, you know, cause it's so many people, I still run into people like this and I feel, I don't want to say I feel sorry for them, but when I see people that are just so caught in this and they'll say things like, well, this is just reality. I'm like, but what is reality? Reality is reality, right? I'm like, what reality? I'm like, we, I'm not, you know, I'm like, what, what reality? Like I do things that defy, I'm sure you do too. Like people like us, it's like, we're constantly doing these things that defy reality. And it's because we've chosen not to, you know, we just don't buy into certain things. We understand the principle of energetics that we can bypass it, or we can just go right on through it. You know, like we do things all the time. There's many things about my life that seem like impossible, but yet they're possible because they just are. Because once you break out of that and you realize anything goes it's like okay and so and and, then that is a constant unfolding you know it's a constant it's constant it's beautiful yes yes and 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 being in that integrity as well where it's like with great power comes great responsibility and so you're not using these these whatever skills etc to manipulate or to force anything but you're just you know, in the business of miracles. And, and I, and I love that. I, I feel like that is, that's, I'm in the business of miracles. <laughs> in the business, that's, that's a good one. 
I have a very, very, very dear friend. She's 75, lives on Maui, and she, that's what she says. Some of the business and miracles. And I'm like, yeah. Well, I would like want to use that. I, I, I wouldn't use that for like a tagline. That's brilliant. We, we all are really. Like, I don't feel like that's exclusive to me. It's like everyone. That's like, you're in the business of miracles, like straight up. It is. And it's so beautiful and it's so empowering and beautiful when you do start to see that we can, you know, there's so many incredible things that can happen and exist outside of what we perceive can, can happen. You know, there, there really are unlimited possibilities. It's, it's funny the whole time we've been talking, I just keep getting this little ping, like just this reminder that even the, the word universe, you know, means one song, like one verse, one song, like we're all, you know, like we're all together in this like one song and we just have to find our harmony, but everybody's playing their own. Like, I love what you said about like when you get people singing, that's one of my favorite things too, is to get people, even when I like perform, I'm like, I always like try to get, I get everybody to sing with me. And I like singing songs that people know. Cause like, I just want, I'm like, can everybody just sing along? Like, that's why I love Kirtan and like the call and response singing. Cause it's like, it's so beautiful to see people. Cause I noticed this on my travels, you know, like people would say to me, like, what's a Canadian song? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like we don't really have it. And then I noticed that like people were so much more free to just open up their mouth and sing whether they could sing or not. And I was like, this is really, and I hate it. Whenever people say I can't sing, I'm like, you can sing. I'm like, you have a voice. You can sing. You might not win a Grammy for your voice, but that doesn't mean you can't sing, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody can sing. Everybody can sing. And I think it's also like, we hold so much trauma in our voices and when, when there is something that's been shut down, like it feels like really scary or like you're shaking or whatever, but yeah, everybody can open, everybody can open up to, to song and sing a little bit. And the more they do, the more they want to, like, it's a really beautiful thing to see. And that's why I love to just like, yeah, truly that's one of my jobs as a vocal activation coach is to really just be there for people to help them feel comfortable being witnessed, being heard. And like I said earlier, you know, everybody just wants to feel heard and it can be the scariest thing. But I think once you face that fear, it becomes this like really, really beautiful thing where then you can be that space for others to feel heard and it continues and continues. Absolutely. So beautiful. So tell everybody, where can they learn more about you and find you and the wonderful work that you do? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Kadara. Um, you can find me at my website, rachelkadara.com. I'm offering one-on-one coaching right now. Mostly I just wrapped up a group program, but I do hold group programs. I'm also a retreat facilitator. I work with this amazing collective of women called Cosmic Serpent. And we do these wonderful empowerment retreats with yoga, with breath work, with voice, with movement dance um, in beautiful locations all over the world. So if you want to work with me in person, that's one way. I also do VIP days and all these things. So if you want to reach out to me, send me a message either through my email, which you can find on my website or on my Instagram. And I would love to connect with anyone if you've felt uh, connected to me through this wonderful conversation. Oh, well, thank you. So I'm so thrilled to talk to you. You're just so beautiful and radiant and I can feel this like it's, it's lovely beautiful frequencies all around you. So it's so, so nice to chat. I know it's so funny how sometimes people just like pop up and I'm like, I need to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. I loved this conversation and everything we shared before as well. I think you're amazing and what you're doing is fantastic. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for this wonderful chat. Peace, everyone. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so that you can be a force for good in your life and in the world. 
I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to stand up for what you believe in. Peace.